like I'm using down in here because we didn't like we won, but I'm complaining about something normally, and uh, so I won't complain about a red zone offense right now. But uh, how, how does Mike Leach uh, celebrate a win like that? What are you going to be doing tonight to, uh, to to celebrate a big victory for you in this program? I'm going to get on a bus and I'm going to ride for four hours to uh, Starkville, Mississippi. Now, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but when that ball went through the uprights, it was one of the prettiest things I'd ever seen. We just beat LSU on the road. Go Hawks! Yeah, great team win for us. Always good to. Uh, Keep the Mayor's Cup where it belongs in the city of Columbia. You like that? Could have gone to either Columbia. Does, uh, does it feel like bad performance in some ways? I mean, thank it, you, Trent Grimm from the Independent, right there. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, that's a win. I get Trent. it, Dan. I get it, Dan. But, but you said it exactly, Chip. You answered it. Ten and zero, undefeated in the SEC. Uh, that's where we've gotten. It makes no guarantee for what's going to happen in the future. Uh, we got a lot of guys that we've got to try to get better. And, and improve, and um, we got to tackle better. There's a lot of things we can work on to get better. And you know what I love is the being in that locker room over there beside me. They all know that, and uh, nobody thinks they've arrived. Um, there's things we can work on and get better at, and they'll continue to do it. But tonight, they 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 went through a tough gauntlet in our league and uh, and played well. Oh, welcome in the latest episode of that. SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> you sound like you're down. What's going on? Well, Mike, we're going to get into it a couple of these games, but... <laughs> You know, one thing about gambling, you know, I mean, obviously Tennessee lost. That's a big thing. But, I mean, hell, number one team in the country, whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that one. But the betting is what drives me nuts. We got some lock of the weeks coming up. Cardinal sin, I waited to the very last minute. Spread went against me. I ended up going to three, and then they ended up winning by three. So, that was a push. Auburn just – oh, my God, we're going to get to Auburn, Mike. I lost so much money on Auburn, not just single games, but they were I, – I, I figured out, you know, uh, through the third quarter that I have a lot of things. A lot of my parlays <laughs> were, were, uh, were leaning up against that Auburn spread, and ouch, did that one hurt, man. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, so it was a rough financial weekend, Mike. It was uh, – it was good football. Don't get me wrong. We're going to get to some great games, but uh, everything I touched turned to shit as far as gambling. <laughs> I mean, if you bet against me, you're eating high on the hog today. <laughs> yeah, so many storylines. Don't even know where to start, Shane. So I'll just go with the biggest game that we thought there would be going into the weekend, and it turned into go the other way, and that's because Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss mm. Rebels, Shane, get a huge win. 29-19 over Texas A&M in Oxford. And this is a game, Shane, that Ole Miss basically controlled from the tip. They dominated the first half, over 400 yards of total offense on the Aggies. And, and again, this is an Aggie defense that uh, we regarded as probably the second-best defense in the entire country. Could mm -hmm. not handle the tempo of Ole Miss. Uh, and this thing really would have been a blowout, Shane, if Ole Miss was able to punch the ball in the end zone here, they had a number of uh, goal line stands and red zone stands either n come up with no points or come up with a field goal. 
And really, aside from the offense having such a, a big day, I think the story of the game is Ole Miss defense, Shane. They were mm-hmm. came out here and they just they limited the Aggie run game. It was like it was like that offensive line we've been pumping up the last month or so. <laughs> they we went back to how they looked at the beginning of the season. Aggies could get nothing going on the ground. Let's see here. They had 140 yards rushing, but you know, Ole Miss yeah, Ole Miss had 257. I mean, that that's a massive advantage. Yeah, yeah, and that was a little deceiving, Mike. I, it, this game really could have been a lot more. Hell, if if they could get, I mean, if Ole Miss could get their red zone offense going, mm-hmm. I mean, they easily could have won by three or four scores here. That's just how dominant they were on that side of the ball. And then, like you said, on the defense, I think that was the biggest surprise. You know, I go into this game, I, I can't remember which talking head I was listening to, but he was trying to make the argument that Texas A&M should be a top four team because of injury. They had a Calzada that 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 came in off the bench and yeah had a couple of burnt games there at the beginning, but then he was starting to find his own and and this team was moving in the right direction. So I mean, but everybody was and it's been a roller coaster. I feel bad for Aggie fans because you go into the season thinking that this is the year that you compete in the West. Then you drop two heartbreaks after, you know, after an injury to your quarterback, and then you start believing again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the worst part going to this game. If you were to ask any Aggie fan, there was no way in hell they were worried about Ole Miss. I mean, look at the Auburn team. Auburn beat them. Hell, we just smoked Auburn. Naturally, right. you think Texas a and is going to come out here and beat these guys. But, no, Lane Kiffin came out. They executed. Matt looked good. The running game looked good. The defense looked good. And Texas A&M just kept making mistakes, man. Yeah, I don't know about you, Shane, but it kind of reminded me of, you know, maybe this is not the best example, but Kentucky in years past, Georgia in years past, where you got this really good defense and they're keeping you in the game, they're fighting, they're clawing, Mm -hmm. and you're just hoping that the offense will give you something. And about all the Aggies could muster up for much of the game was field goals. And Mm -hmm. once you get in a big hole – with that type of offense, you're just dead in the water. And I'm not sitting here saying Jimbo's a horrible coach or anything, but let me ask you this, Shane, because we all know that uh, that's what he prides himself on is being an offensive coach. Mike Elko, his defense has been the better unit the, the last couple of seasons. I'm starting to question whether Jimbo needs to you know, make some big adjustments here. And I, I know they lost their quarterback and they're, they're working with a reworked offensive line, but it just seems like too too often here we're sitting here wondering where's where's the offense in, at uh, in College Station under Jimbo and I, you know that's supposed to be what he's so great at. Well, let me ask you, Mike. There was a there's a there's a reason Calzada never won this job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, and I hate to play devil's advocate, but let's just say that he wasn't our starting quarterback here. I mean, are we looking at an undefeated or maybe a one last one lost Texas A&M team or, or have, have we seen enough from Calzada? I don't, I don't know. It seems like when the, when the spotlight was on him, he seemed to do well. I, I think about him going up to Colorado and even though that was an ugly game, it felt like when, when it came crunch time, he made it work. When Auburn was a tight game, it came crunch time, he made it work. And then you look at Alabama, same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's got something in there. But then it, it feels like when you go to games that you should win, he just doesn't execute as well. I, what's what, what do you think that is, man? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of baffling because he's got the arm. He's been in the system a couple of years now. It's not like he's just some true freshman that is not ready for the spotlight. But I don't know. The only thing, and I thought this kind of early in the season, with Haynes King is such a mobile guy, it's almost like they maybe Jimbo was prepared to, to use that more in his offense. And then when you lose him, Zach Calzada can run a little, but he's far mm-hmm. more of a passer than he is a runner. And, and it's like they never adequately adjust to that. And right. without a running game, you know, he cannot carry the offense. And we're seeing that time and time again. And, you know, he had a couple interceptions. The first one was on the receiver, Demas. He should have caught that. But then mm-hmm. all, the second one was a pick six. And, you know, that killed him. But at the same time, they, they kind of had to force the issue because they were down late. So – I don't necessarily hold that against him, but yeah. And I'm just wondering where are the receivers aside from, you know, I, I know Anaya Smith is outstanding and you got Jalen Watermeyer, maybe the best tight end in the country. But outside of that, I mean, I don't know. We're, we don't really develop a ton of receivers there at A&M either, which, right. which is an issue, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it's tough to recruit that way, especially if you're not using them. So I'm I'm kind of like you, man. The funner team. If I if I'm a recruit and I'm looking at both these squads, I'm like, man, I want to pay. I want to play for Lane Kiffin. I mean, look over at Ely. I don't think Ely's the best running back in the SEC, but the way that Lane is running this offense, hell, he makes it look like it. All right, that was cool. Um, I know some. I feel like I'm usually down in here because we didn't like, you know, we won, but I'm complaining about something normally and. Um, so I won't complain about a red zone offense right now. But uh, Lane, when you picked yourself on game day this morning, did you think it would happen with the defense like this? Or were you kind of envisioning more of the high scoring games you've won in the past? I, I don't really do that anymore because it doesn't work. So sometimes I think they're going to be one way or not. I would not have thought we were going to have 400 yards at halftime. I mean, that's on pace for 800 yards in the game. So, and I certainly would have thought we'd only have whatever it was, 13, whatever, I can't remember, 13 points or something with 400 yards. So, um, like I say, every game has its own deal and it's different every week, you know, whoever you're playing and you never know. It's hard to it's hard to, to predict what's going to happen. So the defense stepped up. I did think that we had, you know, some, you know, good match. And think about, the, you know, arguably our, you know, best or second best defensive player goes out right at the beginning. So you're going, all right, second half, boy, they're moving. And we just lost, you know, our, our, our guy that really there's been a very big difference when Springer's in there or not. We've, we've seen that. So guys stepped up, you know, what a awesome play by AJ. And so it was really neat. Sist drunk a lot in coverage this year, but how have you seen him grow to the point where he could make those couple of big plays down near the end? That was huge. You know, uh, we were down some guys today, um, so for him to, to step up like that and, you know, we're really having to play a backer instead of playing another DB, you know, like we normally do. So that was really big. You mentioned just the importance of today with game day and you hope to pull it off. But for you, I mean, that uh, head coach usually doesn't have the schedule you have this morning going on the show twice. Just for you, how was handling all that? Just kind of out of your normal routine, what was all that like for you today? Well, I said, said it on there. Um you know, I hadn't thought about it. Chip Kelly texted me before I was going. He's like, you know, you're the first dual threat coach. You know, there's no, 
long time ago, there was never a dual threat quarterback that could run a pass. So he's like, you're the first one, you know, you, you're picking and it's the day that you're playing. So I actually asked him when I went up, has anyone ever done that? And they said, no, it hadn't. So I felt kind of cool. I was the first, first picker. And then I felt like some of my games were going good. I kind of didn't want the Mississippi State game to go like I picked, but. <laughs> but I did say what a great offensive coach Leach is, and it was high scoring. So maybe I got a career. Learn that game. So two interceptions dropped them. Got to catch it. And the other one, two receivers tangled up, rolled up deep, got inside, got a flat, and he threw it too far inside. Once they tangled it, threw the timing of it off. Once their feet got tangled. Uh, on the route when they when they come off, they tripped and got stumbling, got going it through the timing of it off. And he's, he's got to throw it way wide. Just try to be wide because that allowed the safety to get over the top. That's what I saw there. I'll look at the film and see. Yeah, but do you think the drops that happen? Do you think that affects Zach to some degree? Like- well, it affects anybody. It always affects a quarterback. But you got you can't let it affect you. Just like a missed run or a miss. I mean, we talk about a drop, but it, we had a couple missed runs inside. We had we missed a couple missed blocks. There was, we were one block one. There were two big runs. We're a half a man. We get our hat to the outside shoulder. They're, they're out the gate, and but that's you know it's a game of inches. You fight for the inches. You fight for the inches, and they won they won the inches the second half. We won them for the most part the second half. I mean they won the first half. We won them a lot the second half until the end where we just didn't finish and make the plays. That was a disappointing thing because we got ourselves after all that got ourselves back in a position you could still win the game. You know what I'm saying? And just didn't finish it the way we need to finish. So we need to grow from that and learn. Building off what Travis asked you earlier, how did Coach Kiffin's hurry-up offense poses a threat in tonight's game, and how tiring is something like that to defend? Well, it is. If you don't on offense, if you don't get your plays in, it becomes tiring. And they had a moment. It's a momentum thing. Just like the second half, when they didn't have momentum, we had it. They couldn't get it going. I mean, it, they struggled just like we did in the first half. It was basically they had 96 yards the first half. We had 80. We had three 300 the second half. They had 370 the first half. I mean, it was the same. It was a flip of two halves. So those offenses are great. I mean, they are, and they get momentum going, but they're the same thing when they don't have momentum. Everything is in momentum. So first half, they played it great. Second half, we should have finished on We could have finished on offense been better. You know, speaking of fun, <laughs> let's just stay in the same state, Shane. I know this won't be fun for you, but uh, no. all of a sudden, the Egg Bowl, Shane, is a battle for the second mm-hmm. place spot in the SEC West because a Mississippi State Bulldogs, Shane, went on the road, stunner, 43-34 to over the Auburn Tigers. Not necessarily a stunner that Mississippi State won. I mean, hell, I picked it. I didn't. But getting down 28-3, to being completely dominated the first half. You know, we saw friend of the show, Bo Bounds, one of his tweets was great. It was like, Man, Mississippi State fans will forgive a lot, but they won't forgive Quinton and this defense we're showing. Mm. And then the defense locked down in the second half. Mississippi State caught fire. Will Rogers, 92% completion percentage in the second half, and they could not be stopped. Six touchdowns, biggest comeback in Mississippi State history. Second time they've actually done that this season, had the biggest comeback in school history. And now all of a sudden Auburn, who about a month ago they were looking like the hottest team in the country, coach of the year candidate. They're mm-hmm. they're crumbling at the seams. Shane Bo Nix reportedly broke ankle, so you got to assume he's done for the season if yeah. that is accurate. And I don't know, I don't know where we're going here for the Auburn Tigers, but uh, I know if you're the Mississippi State man, you have got to be fired up about uh, this epic epic Egg Bowl here in two weeks that you get to host this season. 
Absolutely, man. Bo Nix with a broke – man, he broke my heart. That's what happened in this game, Mike. I mean, <laughs> the first half of this thing, I, I was crowning him, man. I was sending the tweets out. I was counting my money already. <laughs> I, was just, I was an Auburn fan, man. I was singing the fight song with him and everything. So, uh, But then that second half comes around, it was just like – like, I don't know. I don't want to say they gave up. They made so many stupid boneheaded mistakes in the second half. And and credit to Mississippi State for not giving up. Because you see a lot of these teams, you know, when you get down two, three scores, it's easy to fold up your chairs and head to the house. But Mississippi State had so much fight in them, man. And once they got that momentum going, they shut the crowd noise out, and it was over, man. You could not stop. Will Rod, I don't even th- think he threw an incompletion in the second half, man. <laughs> yeah, look at the stats here, Shane. First half, so it was 28-10 to 10 at halftime. Auburn was up. But Mississippi State, 33 points in the second half to Auburn, six. Let's give credit Jeez. to that Auburn – excuse me, Mississippi State defense. They did their part as well. And, you know, this was uh, – the defense here early was looking like a huge red flag. This was, you know, the same Mississippi State that was giving up huge explosive plays early in the season. They kind of resurfaced in this one. I mean, Auburn was just having their way. Let's give credit to, to Kobe Hudson. He had some great one-handed grabs. Bo Nix was uh, making all these plays. And, you know, it looked mm-hmm. like he was – once again, I I tweeted out, man, Heisman Bow showed up. Well, Bench Bow <laughs> showed up in the second half. You know what I mean? So uh, this is just – and these Auburn fans, they're, they're saying Mike Bobo only he only comes with half a playbook. Uh, Derek Mason can't make adjustments. I mean, they're like out on these guys. I, I know it's just burning off some uh... – Hell, I'm I'm out on them, Mike. I mean, <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped watching the game and I kept seeing those eyes emoji. Mike would send me an eye emoji and he would say uh, Mississippi state and then and then all of a sudden be like oh my god they blocked a field goal you know and i was like mike i'm trying not to pay attention to this game because <laughs> i can feel my money coming back out of my wallet you know but yeah and at one uh, point it, i texted shane m s u <laughs> and he texted me back f you <laughs> oh i hate it man because here here, here you got an auburn team similar it's like poor man Texas A&M, man. They just they, – they 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 have these moment. They're up and down, man. They're a roller coaster. The fans don't even – they don't know what they have. And they don't know what they're going to have moving forward. That's, but that was kind of like Bo, you know. Do, do we have good Bo this week? Do we have bad Bo this week? Well, this time we got both in the first half. Now, granted, he was playing on a broke ankle. So, I, I mean, you got to factor that in. But – Hell, this this staff and this and this you know training, you know, they should have done something. And it just felt like, what what does this team look like moving forward? Because all this offense that was generated, like you think of the best games that Auburn's had this year, a lot of that had to do with Bo's legs, man, and, and improvising and and making something out of nothing. I mean. TJ doesn't offer that, man. We called him Tank for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, what does what does Auburn look like moving forward? Or is is there any chance that you see them competing with a team like Alabama? Because that, well, I guess it don't matter now. Texas A and M lost. Let's just say moving forward. What does Auburn do moving forward? Now, yeah, to answer your question, is at home crazy things happen on the plains? But you know, if good Auburn shows up, I think they can beat anybody. But that. I think mm-hmm. that's the most frustrating part. It's not like this is some inept team that's got issues everywhere. They just they couldn't get to Will Rogers. That was a huge issue. 
But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the SEC West, brother. And, you know, just what was it, two weeks ago, we're sitting here saying Auburn controls their destiny. They can go to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. If they lose to Alabama, Shane, and and things, uh, you know, it would take a big upset. I think Arkansas would have to beat Alabama or or maybe even they just beat Missouri. But Auburn could be sitting here looking at a sixth-place finish in the SEC West after, mm-hmm. again, two weeks ago, controlling their own destiny. And that's not to say that Auburn's some horrible team. The point I'm trying to make is just the SEC West is a gauntlet, and all these teams right now are bunched together. Auburn's currently fifth after being second, again, just a couple weeks ago. So, man, this is a tough, tough spot. Now it looks like you're going to be relying on T.J. Finley, who – Mm-hmm. You know, he won you the Georgia State game, but he also left LSU <laughs> for a reason. And, and it's not like right. LSU is looking like gangbusters either. So I don't know how much confidence I have in the Auburn Tigers to to beat Alabama at this point. No, <laughs> I've done. I have zero confidence right now, man. In fact, I, I don't know. Short of South Carolina, this is their teams they got coming up. They got South Carolina and they've got Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I, maybe they're going to get that one win. I would imagine against South Carolina, but you mess around with the with the Gamecocks, you've seen it, man. Of course, we're going to talk about their sloppy players. <laughs> man, that's, mm-hmm. I don't want to pump them up too much, but uh, yeah, I, I think Auburn is. Um, it just sucks. You go, you, you like I said, you you buy in, you get pumped up for them again. They go out, they beat a good Arkansas team, they beat a good Ole Miss team, and then they just drop these two games back to back, and now you don't have a quarterback. It's just, I don't know. I, I I'm not discouraged if I'm an Auburn fan because if I told you at the beginning of the game or beginning of the season you could have seven wins, I think you'd be happy with that, especially mm-hmm. with first year coach. But the fact that you could have had eight nine wins during the season, knowing that, and, and there was a lot of people that had that date circled man that that iron bowl that this was going to be a, a, a competitive game and i'm not saying it isn't i mean it you know it's at auburn so you never you never know <laughs> but but uh i tell you what they're gonna have to they're gonna have to they're gonna have to game plan i don't know man they're just gonna have to throw everything out and start all over you got a tune-up game with south carolina coming up i think you can win it but you gotta get tj right if you ever if you expect to make that that uh iron bowl a game Mike, in the Louisiana Tech game, you kind of called out your team for quitting when you guys had the 20-point deficit. What is it about this team now that, you know, when they're facing a 25-point deficit, they don't kind of shy away? I think practice, as odd as it sounds, just practice. We've done it a couple times. We've gained some experience uh, from what it's like when you do battle back and what it's like when you don't. And um, <clears throat> So I was very proud of the effort there, and I was uh, proud that uh, they're – there weren't a bunch of guys uh, looking for the door and trying to act like it didn't matter very much and going through the motions, all that, you know, that uh, you know, back in the good old days. And this is way before me, the losers limp or any of that. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't do any of that. And I thought at halftime it was very important to get on track, uh, uh, really just mentally. It wasn't anything, you know, dramatic uh, X and O changes or anything. Just uh, mentally, I thought as a team, uh, we got on track. You mentioned the success that Auburn's offense had in the first half. What do you feel your defensive unit did in the second half to kind of settle them down? You know, we're just kind of letting a guy go free, not really affecting the quarterback. Uh, uh, their running back uh, <clears throat> does a great job as far as, uh, you know, after first contact. And it's, it's the, the darndest thing. I think 
I don't know who the best running back in the league is, but he might be. Um, <clears throat> not a real big guy, you know, strong as an ant. And then uh, let's see what he did. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, that that guy, uh, yeah, t Tank Big, he's got a quality where when he gets the the ball. It's almost like he sort of backpedals while holding his balance, and waits till he can sort of come off and and find a crease. I mean, just because you hit him and he's supposed to go down, that guy he just doesn't go down. And and um, so we you know we did a better job finishing the play the second half. And a quick follow up to that: How how does Mike Leach uh, celebrate a win like that? What are you going to be doing tonight to uh, to to celebrate a big victory for you in this program? I'm going to get on a bus, and I'm going to ride for four hours to uh, Starkville, Mississippi. Now, okay, the bus it'll be with friends and good people and 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 and, and coaches and teammates, so that part will be outstanding. However. Now, those of you that have never been to Starkville, Mississippi, you don't even remotely have the 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 uh, 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 fragment of an idea what you're missing. What Starkville, Mississippi, will be like tonight. Now, it does take four hours to get there, and I will try to fill my time with everything from <clears throat> well, I might have a Chick Fil A sandwich. I might even, you know, those uh, those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that they press them together and throw them in a little plastic bag. I might have one or two of those because I got up early this morning, so I didn't eat much. So I might eat that. And then somewhere in that uh, four hours, providing the Wi-Fi works, which I have some doubts, um, <clears throat> and then I'll try to watch uh, this entire game, evaluate it, and get kind of a head start on the next one. Because, uh, you know, if you think this was a thriller, we got a big one next week, and we're looking forward to that one. Brian, uh, you talked about the uh, difference between the two halves. With uh, Will Rogers, he was, uh, you know, 50% in the first half, passing the ball. Then in the second half, I mean, he was, I think, 32 of, or uh, 24 or 26, uh, passing the ball for two, two, 271 yards. What do you think was the difference between uh, the first and half and the second half and his production and the defense? For Auburn. Well, he obviously he played well. I mean, those those stats are, uh, you know, different obviously than in the two halves. So, like I told you, it's kind of a tale of two halves. We played well early on. Thought we got a little bit of pressure on him. Uh, probably in a little bit better position in some of our coverages. We had penalties that extended drives, um, and so you know all those things were not in our favor from that standpoint. We still had chances to make plays, and. You know, the wide receivers are a part of that, too, and, and uh, the protection's part of that. So uh, the second-half adjustments in what we were doing uh, wasn't good enough. And uh, they were able to capitalize on, on, you know, that type of performance from their quarterback and uh, kept those guys on the field. That's what they do. They throw the ball. Uh, so we have to be able to, to vent, defend that, get off the field, and, um, you know, get off the field on third downs. They were 50% on third downs. And... Um, you know we didn't do a good enough job of that. So, bottom line is, uh, we got to we got to cover better and we got to be in better position. And then, you know, some of those penalties that extended drives, we had chances to get off the field, and there were there were some penalties that extended their drives, and uh, they continued uh, to move the ball down the field, and they had momentum. And like I said before, you got to find a way to capture that momentum and get it back 
and we weren't able to do that enough in the second half. Hey, Brian, you guys were able to move the ball pretty effectively on the ground in the first half, but what, what changed in the second half that made it so difficult for you guys to establish the run? I don't know. I, I mean, there, there were some things they did. They, they made adjustments. Um, I don't know if it was one thing in particular that they did. Uh, probably had to do more with us than anything. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing well, we're throwing the ball well. We had some good throws down the field. We made some plays and had some explosives, which was good. We didn't have that the previous game. And that was positive for us, uh, especially early on. We didn't have enough of those in the second half. But as far as the run game goes, I, you know, I think there were things that we did. There were, there were some assignment errors in there. There were things that they were doing. Uh, so it just wasn't consistent enough at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. We didn't run it effectively in the second half because we weren't consistent and, and they made some adjustments. But um, every team we play does that. You know, they make adjustments, we make adjustments. And uh, I just don't think that we executed well in the run game in the second half like we could and took advantage of some of the things like we did in the first half. And so that, that goes back to, you know, really just us being consistent in our execution and, and uh, continuing on what we did in the first half and the second half. Uh, that didn't show up. So we'll look at the tape tonight, and we'll know more of the details of why, but that's what I felt like as the game went on. Yeah, and I did, just to tease that South Carolina game quickly, Shane, I, once that Bo Nix news came out, South Carolina fans, they're like, man, just our luck. Bo Nix is out for the game. <laughs> of course, Bo Nix, you know, cost Auburn the game against South Carolina yeah. last season. So, uh, but hey, we got other games to get to, Shane. And okay. Georgia goes on the road, number one, and they look the part, Shane, 41 to 17 <laughs> over your Vols. And Tennessee, Shane, I mean, as lopsided as the final score is, I thought they came out and they did what they mm -hmm. had to do. I mean, Hendon Hooker was. He missed a wide-open touchdown, but that didn't prevent the Vols from marching down the field, getting an early touchdown on the Georgia Bulldogs. They had to respond, and that I think if you're Kirby Smart, that's basically exactly what you wanted. Mm -hmm. you, you wanted your team to be tested early, see their resolve, and after the, the early run there by the Vols, I mean, that this nasty Georgia defense showed up, and between second and third quarters, I mean, Tennessee, I think they had about 92 combined yards in that uh, middle portion of the game. And by the time Tennessee finally got things going, I mean, this thing was well out of hand. Uh, but mm -hmm. James Cook, had he had an outstanding game. I mean, he was gangbusters for Georgia. And that's the issue, man, with the Bulldogs. I mean, everybody is so hyped about the defense for good reason. And others are focused on this quarterback situation between Stetson and J.G. Daniels at it looks clear as day they're going to stick with Stetson. But the real reason it doesn't seem to matter, Shane, is because all around the quarterback, Georgia is just loaded with weapons yeah. at tight end, at receiver, at running back. The offensive line is not an issue. So I know Stetson Bennett didn't look that good in this game, in my opinion, aside from a couple runs. He, he was kind of 50-50 on a lot of these third-down passes, which mm -hmm. I think Tennessee, I think that was their game plan, make Stetson Bennett – Bennett beat us, and, and he did it about half the time there, Shane, and that was good enough for a 30-point win. Well, obviously, let me let me back up for a second. This was a tough game. <laughs> you know, anytime you lose to a rival, you, you, you're not excited about that, Mike. Uh, this was an emotional game there at the first. It, it felt like Tennessee was doing everything they could to stick around and try to stay in this thing. I was impressed with the defense. Uh, but – 
talent is talent, Mike. And Georgia, like you said, is loaded top to bottom with it. I mean, they don't even – they had several injuries in this game, and it was just – they just reloaded. And it didn't matter who was out there. They find they found ways to get pressure on our quarterback. The, a couple things, though, Mike, that really stood out to me in this game was uh, kind of like you said, Stetson Bennett. I'm not sold, man. I, 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 the blueprint's out. This was, I think, Georgia's biggest test. I, I, I mean, when you look at all the games they played, I feel like this one – kind of just kind of teed it up everybody's going to be watching this game film mm -hmm. because they they're going to see something mike they're going to see how to get pressure on stetson bennett they're going to see how to stop the running game and load up the box and, and georgia was good enough like i said because of the pure talent alone to expose tennessee and just beat us up man like took our lunch money that's what they did but i still think that both teams learned a lot Saturday, um, especially Georgia, man. I think this is a game they needed. I think they needed to get punched in the mouth once, to be down 7 nothing. I mean, hell, Gary about passed out when that happened. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gary Danielson, he couldn't believe we scored seven points. How many times have been trailing, you know? So, we just th – again, we, we helped every future – team that goes against Georgia not to have to hear that stupid ass stat anymore Georgia's got a great defense and we all know it but there was some flaws in that defense and it got exposed Saturday Mike but again I'm not I'm not saying that to brag on Tennessee I'm saying that because Georgia can learn from this a lot of times I was afraid this is what I was afraid that they wouldn't find out these flaws until they got into an SEC championship when they faced Alabama you know they can, they've got plenty of time to work on it and perfect their offense and perfect their defense because they do have a national championship team Mike and this was the game I think that Kirby needed mm -hmm. and you talk about Georgia's uh, offense not being sold particularly on Stetson the Bulldogs, Shane, they had 12 possessions in this game. Mm -hmm. They had five three and outs. And, mm -hmm. and again, remember, this is a Tennessee defense that Kentucky went up and down the field on them just mm -hmm. a week ago. They didn't stop Kentucky one time uh, to a, a single three and out last week. So that is troublesome. I know this one's at home. The, the, you know, you got the crowd and the environment and everything. And last week was the worst we've seen Tennessee's defense play all season. So – they did have a nice little bounce back here, but that is a little bit cause for concern if uh, if I'm a bulldog. And we'll we'll cut to uh, Kirby's comments here in just a second. But I love the fact that you know I kind of played out like I thought, man. They he said the, the the leaders stepped up after that Missouri game and set the tone, letting everybody know what was it 43 to six that ain't acceptable and that mm -hmm. uh, that really did in Tennessee this week with uh, Georgia's preparation. I had no doubt they were going to win this game, but. Let me ask you this, Shane, because I thought that uh, Hendon Hooker played his worst game since uh, yeah. he became Tennessee's starting quarterback. And maybe that more had to do with the fact that Georgia was just relentless, getting after him all day long. And you just don't have any time against his defense. But he was really off the mark. He threw that interception, and that was early in the game. I think that was the second quarter. And to me, that was all she wrote, because you cannot give Georgia anything they're so mm -hmm. good. You, it, it has to be the other way around. You've got to be causing the turnovers, and you've got to play a flawless game to beat a team of the caliber of the Georgia Bulldogs. But uh, I don't know. Were you disappointed a little bit by uh, Hendon Hooker's performance? Yeah. I, there was something that happened, Mike, along the way. 
and he got rattled. I don't know if he caught a glimpse of Jordan Davis up there. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> you know, got a little anxious when he was throwing his pass and trying to get it over those boys. But there, there was something about that, you know, into the first quarter, second quarter, you know, you started noticing him starting to send some of these overs. I, I think the first part I noticed was in, in the red zone uh, when he shot that one two rows up. It almost, right. I think you made the comment to me on a text message. You thought Milton snuck back in there. But it was uh, – it at that point, it just seemed like he never got gained his composure. Right. And, uh, yeah, because he was throwing some dimes, man. And not, not only in this game – but I will say the the biggest thing that that I took away from Georgia, a lot of times when I'm watching these Tennessee games, there's always a halftime adjustment. And you're going to hear a theme, a common theme. They're like, oh, Tennessee, they did well the first half, but then they never do well the second half. But it's these teams, man. They're picking up on, on little things that we're doing along the way, and they have these halftime adjustments. One thing I noticed with Georgia, they didn't need that, man. You want to talk about a senior-led program, these guys were making adjustments immediately. After that first series, and we ran down there and scored a touchdown, then you started noticing them starting to creep up. We, we we didn't have that big play threat anymore, and I think that's what hurt Tennessee the most. I was surprised we were able to run the ball, but when we couldn't take the top off this defense, those guys just kept creeping up and creeping up, and then that's when he got nervous. That's when he got anxious, didn't want to throw any more picks. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not hanging this on hooker at, at all. There was a couple of times when we had opportunities, we just had to play a flawless game, and, and we didn't do it. Yeah, and one other guy I wanted to mention, Saint, uh, Cedric Tillman, 10 catches, 200, oh, yeah. 200 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he is a legit number one. And I, I think this is a guy that had seven catches coming into the season. So he has thrived under Josh Heupel and mm-hmm. going up against uh, one of the best – the best defense in the country. I wonder if, uh, you know, you look at the way – if you're a Georgia fan and say, well, we got some things to clean up in that secondary with uh, the fact that Tennessee – Again, it's just yards. Maybe some of it's meaningless, but over 330 yards passing, that could be something that Georgia needs to look at. Absolutely, man. There, I mean, there's a lot that that we can look at here. I just, I, I still think we need better play from the quarterback on Georgia's side. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sold on the mailman just yet. I loved his, I loved his scrambling capability, but that, as you know, Mike is is one of our biggest flaws. Is is a mobile quarterback. So it wasn't a surprise that Bennett was able to do that. But what was surprised is is we weren't able to get guys like Mitchell open as much as as I thought they would. Uh, you know, I I, see, I saw. I mean, we knew. I don't know, Mike. It felt like once they got the lead, they started getting conservative again and just playing Georgia offense, man, just leaning on that offensive line in this running game and and just put the game away it's like they get a couple score lead and then they just want to shut down when they could have took this opportunity to really work on their offense man this is that's the biggest thing that drives me nuts about georgia and i know this is against my tennessee volunteers but this there's no reason that this should have been a 20 point game mike you know this these guys are a lot better than us and and if they really wanted to take advantage i think if they if they did and they let this thing air out this, this could have been a three, four, five-score game, you mm-hmm. know, and it could have been an excellent tune-up. And that's that's what I'm hating about Kirby because I'm going to be the first one on social media that's going to point <laughs> it out when they go against a team that's just as good as they are and they're having trouble moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, hats off to uh, Tennessee. I think they got a really good football team. I think Josh is doing a great job. 
Um, a tremendous atmosphere to play college football game in. Was really impressed with that. Uh, I can't say enough about the leaders on this team. You know, after that game against Missouri, to have three guys stand up in the locker room and I don't know what we won, 40 to 6 or whatever. I don't even know what the score was. But they, they said that it wasn't acceptable the way we approached the game, the way we handled the game. And I knew right then that we were going to be okay this week. Now, I still worried a lot, but those guys said everybody better be in there to lift, everybody better be on time, and it just took over the team, and it permeated through them all week. And I thought Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had really good practices. Yeah, I mean, I think – the better teams you play, the better you get, you know. I mean, I, I, every week is a different test, and this was a very distinctly different test. I mean, uh, and teams will, you know, teams will see what they did, and they'll they'll replicate some of that. But I, I'm I'm proud of the way we prepared for it. You know, we got a defensive staff that, that burnt the midnight oil to prepare for this. This is not an easy prep. And you look at the teams that they've played, they, they, they don't have many low-scoring totals. And uh, to give up the first drive and then come back and, and really do a good job the rest of the, the second half. And remember, guys, they, they have four downs the entire second half. When you have four downs, it's different because you're not worried about third down. Third down, second down, and then you got fourth to go for it because you need touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm proud of the way our guys uh, play defensively. As far as Stetson, you know, I thought his feet were a big difference in this game. His athleticism, the play he made on the, on the touchdown run was special. I mean, I thought it was, it was a decision. He made it. He stuck it. Um, he made some plays with his feet. He made some plays with his arm. He can still play better. He can, he can make good decisions and not try to make every play uh, uh, an elite play. And uh, there's some times he's got to decide to run it, throw it away. But he made some plays with his feet, guys, that, 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 that really helped convert for our offense. Was there a point in the season, probably recently, where you came to think that Stetson Bennett was a good enough quarterback to potentially lead you guys to a, a national championship? And if so, what are those traits that led you to that belief? I don't know, Jeff, that I ever didn't believe he could. Um, I've always thought Stetson was a good player. Um, you say, well, why wasn't he the one? Well, at the time, we were going with JT. JT being injured gave Stetson the opportunity to play in games and make the plays he's made. So, you know, you go back to the South Carolina game, JT played pretty well, right? And Stetson had the interception, the I guess, the, the first series of the first time he was in. And then Stetson got other opportunities to play after that, and he's done a tremendous job. And I'm not going to overthink it with Stetson. We're trying to go game by game to get him better. And I'm so proud of what he's been through. For a young man that was a three coming out of spring, three going into fall camp, three coming out of fall camp, you know, what does it say about his character that he stuck around and he kept working to get better? And that's actually what you're supposed to do in life, overcome hurdles and obstacles, and he's done that. But as far as forecasting him as a, a quarterback and, and winning, a, I mean, that, that's we're worried about Charleston Southern right now. Yeah, Coach, uh, kind of a big-picture question. I mean, uh, you know, you, you finished in a perfect slate in the SEC, never been done in Georgia, 10-0 to this point. All your goals still in front of you. Just can you talk about uh, where you guys have gotten to this point in the season? You said it exactly, Chip. You answered it. Ten and zero, undefeated in the SEC. Uh, that's where we've gotten. It makes no guarantee for what's going to happen in the future, 
Uh, we got a lot of guys that we've got to try to get better and, and improve. And um, we got to tackle better. There's a lot of things we can work on to get better. And you know what I love is the being in that locker room over there beside me. They all know that. And uh, nobody thinks they've arrived. Um, there's things we can work on and get better at. And they'll continue to do it. But tonight, they, they, they went through a tough gauntlet in our league and, uh, and played well. Josh Hendon seemed to just sail a couple of throws today. Did he seem a little juiced up compared to how he's been this year? Yeah, whether that was juiced up, uh, body not in the right position, um, or you know just the pressure that they were getting at times, and, and him being a little bit rushed inside the the pocket, whether the the pressure was real or he was feeling the the rush from from previous plays, um, we were just a little bit off. You know, the one interception uh, was that, and there were a couple other throws that uh, you know sailed on him. You were you were. Even with the number one team for about a third of the game, are you gonna? Is your takeaway gonna be that silver lining, or is your takeaway gonna be that there's still a ways to go to get there? Love the way our kids prepared. Love the way they competed. Don't question any of that <clears throat> against a good football team like that. You gotta, you gotta make the plays or, or make some plays that, that give you a chance to 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 play it down to the end. You know, um, the turn you lose a turnover batter, battle two zero. Can't do that. Uh, the red zone uh, for us offensively, not good enough. Change those two things, you got a chance to play it down the end. Our, our kids know who and what they are and, and what we're building here, and, and uh, we'll continue to fight. Coach, in the last month, you guys have had an opportunity to measure yourself against the top two team programs in the country and in this league. Just what do you feel like the gap is? What do you have to do to close it? Got to continue to, <laughs> to compete, continue to grow. Uh, our kids aren't, aren't scared of walking out on the football field against anybody, either our coaches. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to recruit. We're going to re continue to build the right culture inside the building. And uh, we'll be in more of these games, and we'll end up on the right side of them, too, as we grow. The Battle of the Golden Boot, Chain and Razorbacks <laughs> snapped a five-game losing streak to LSU. Win in Baton Rouge. Get to go return to Fayetteville with that golden boot. And speaking of social media, man, the Arkansas, oh, man. they were on, on fire, fire after this one, <laughs> celebrating this one. But, you know, at the end of the day, this was an ugly, ugly game that uh, could have went either way. And, you know, if not for K.J. Jefferson, Shane, who's playing out of his mind, he's playing better and better as the season goes along. But he's just not getting a ton of help. I mean, they couldn't get Burks mm -hmm. going in this game. The ground game was, was not what it had been. And maybe that's a credit to LSU's defense that – I've had to hear a hundred thousand times this morning. They held Alabama to six rushing yards, and they they did do a tremendous job against Alabama. They did it once again back to back weeks. I don't not know where this LSU defense has been all season, but mm. this game come down to me, Shane. The fact that LSU had to play a true freshman quarterback, they bench Max Johnson, Garrett Nussmeyer. Let's give him credit. The one touchdown, I, I said he looks like damn Aaron Rodgers. He did. He looked. He was that good on the touchdown, but. Made a couple costly mistakes, so a bad interception, uh, one interception. Caught COVID halfway through, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, in overtime, you simply cannot throw that interception. That was the ball game. That was all she wrote for them LSU mm -hmm. Tigers. And that's kind of the danger of playing a true freshman quarterback, Shane. He's going to come in there and make stupid mistakes that cost you the ball yeah. game. But uh, I don't know. What was your thoughts on this one? And Because if you go, I think there was a stretch of, six, seven possessions there, Arkansas got about 20 yards combined. I mean, they, they,
they could do very, very little for much of this game. And again, if not for some KJ Jefferson heroics, breaking tackles, making guys miss, keeping his eyes downfield, I don't think there's a chance in hell Arkansas wins this game without KJ. Well, for starters, Mike, I'd like to apologize. You know, I said some comments going into this game about the LSU squad and them not caring and not showing up. But apparently I was just talking about the offense, man, because this defense is legit. I mean, I watched the Alabama game. I thought it was kind of fluky. And I said, you know, maybe Bama was overlooking them. You know, maybe this was just like their championship, all this <laughs> stuff. But I didn't see it bleeding into this week. And, man, they gave Arkansas a fit. Mm-hmm. It was an uh, – and both sides. I don't want to take away – LSU was a surprise for me. Arkansas, I, you you come to expect that good defense. But when I look at the the biggest stat for me, Mike, was the fact that combined this team – these teams were nine for 34 on third downs. They just Ooh. couldn't stay on the field. And, and credit to both defensive staffs because – that was what this game was about. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, Arkansas did just enough. They fought them just enough, man. It was a physical, tough-fought game, and it and it really did – I mean, it came down to overtime. It came down to the last possession, and you kind of felt like that was what was going to happen. I kept waiting for LSU to screw up, you know, mm-hmm. and they just didn't on defense. Arkansas just kept pounding, pounding, and taking every little inch of opportunity they had – but uh, I'm not going to say it was a pretty game, but like Sam says, a win is a win, Mike. <laughs> yeah, and I think the best way to sum up this one, Shane, if uh, anybody missed it, Arkansas called for a fake field goal, less miles style. Let's give Sam mm-hmm. Pittman credit, and they executed it. It was going to be a very long field goal instead. Fake field goal. They pick up something like 20-some yards. You know, you got to figure that's going to give you so much juice here. I think they were about the 20-yard line at that point. You got to figure they're going to punch it in. And then the offense goes three and out. I mean, it's like <laughs> that was the story of the game. I mean, there was there yeah. was no adversity that these defenses couldn't handle, and there was no momentum these offense could sustain for any portion of this game, really. A couple big plays were the touchdowns in the game, but it was a field goal duel. And at the end of the day, Shane, I mean, maybe this is the difference between having a program on the rise with the with leadership and Sam Pittman that these players on the sideline believe no matter how poorly the game may be going, they're going to get the win. Whereas on the flip side, you got Coach O. We love Coach O, but he's already been fired. Mm-hmm. There, There's, you know, anytime there's adversity, I think there's a sense that, oh, God, what's going to go wrong and I think that's a difference in the game, and I think it's a credit to the leadership of Arkansas that they just kept fighting, kept believing. And in years past, there's no chance in hell they would have won this game, but at no point did I really think they were going to lose it. No, yeah. I mean, three turnovers, you shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no reason you shouldn't have won this game. And this was – it was sloppy, but it got, it got the job done. I just – I hate it because these fans did show up, man. It felt like Death Valley at night. I, and I didn't think that's what we were going to see. But uh, kudos for them, man. They made it electric. LSU gave their offense so many opportunities. The momentum swings in this game where they could have just came out and, and if they could have done something, there was a real chance LSU was going to win this game, man. I I was – this is my lock of the week, Mike. This I'm going to tell you real quick on the lock, okay? A lot of people are like, Shane, why are you so mad about this fucking game? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad because 
I went in this when I made my bet. It was two, it was two and a half. When I was telling you my lock of the week, the mm-hmm. point spread was two and a half. So, you know, Dumbo Shane just waiting around. I was like, well, you know, I don't want to put it in just yet because sometimes they'll send these little boosts to me. You know, <laughs> I could do a little boost, but by the time I got this bet in. It's the point spread is now three. Okay, Ooh. whatever. All right. So I went ahead and I put the bet in, and guess what? I didn't make any money, Mike, because I drug my feet. <laughs> so my lock of the week, even though if you guys listened, you would you would have made some money. Uh, I didn't because I put it off too long, man. <laughs> so that ain't gonna happen again. I've already. I'm gonna put my lock in here tomorrow, probably for next week. <laughs> they, they had you off rhythm with their blitzing in the first half. What did you do to? to overcome that and can you maybe speak to what KJ scrambling meant to you? In the well, we tried to throw some screens off of it and pick their linebacker, which wasn't successful. We tried to f- throw some bubbles out there, but we weren't doing a very good job of blocking on the edge. And we tried to throw a slant and it didn't work. And uh, so basically uh, KJ made a guy miss and then made the made the play happen to i believe dominique you know and uh, it was one play our defense was playing so well and and uh you know still had too many penalties on both sides of the ball with nine and i think they had fewer than that maybe six but um we just we tried to run the ball our adjustment was trying to get the ball up the up the middle uh, they were too fast for us. We, we, we weren't able to block their linebackers. 18's a great player. And uh, they played man-free on us, and, and uh, we couldn't hold up protecting them. So well, I don't know that we did, a li- we did a little bit better in the second half, but um, they, were, they were very, very good defense tonight, and we struggled. But K.J. found a way to make enough plays. Yeah, Coach, I was going to ask you about Cam and, and just your confidence in him and what, what was his kind of attitude and kind of how did he look during that timeout before kicking the field goal? I didn't look at him. I was talking to the wings and the tight ends about handling the edge pressure. Uh, but I pretty much felt like if he got the ball up that he was going to make it. Uh, you know, ironically, when we faked the field goal in the third quarter, I believe it was the third, um, Cam was the most excited guy whenever I said, hey, we're going to fake it because he, he felt like it was there all night. And, uh, and sure enough, Bauer went down there and, and did it. But it just shows you how uh, unselfish the, uh, that Cam is. You know, anybody, everybody else would have wanted to kick it. Now it ended up being a three-pointer because uh, we weren't able to convert and score a touchdown. But uh, he's just a really good kid. I think he was two for two tonight. Is that correct? Three for three. Two for two, three for three, three for three, and uh, and an extra point. So very, very valuable. Hey Sam, congrats. Um, what do you think of your defense tonight? Even in overtime, they only gave up 13 points, only three, a little over 300 yards, and got the three takeaways. Just what do you think of their performance overall? Well, you could tell that the that the game plan for LSU was to run the ball, and they felt certainly like they could run the ball on us, and. Uh, you know, they, they had some success, but I would think we had a little bit more success of stopping it. Uh, I thought our defense, Barry did a nice job, of, and the defensive staff of going from four to three down and uh, give them a little bit different looks. This is probably the, well it is, I know it's the most we've blitzed all year, but it's also um, 
the most multiple that we've been as well. So I thought they mixed it up well. I thought the kids executed the plan. We tackled pretty darn good tonight. And of course, getting the three turnovers with the botch snap on the Wildcat and then uh, Mo picking off two of them was basically the difference of the game. The reaction to your players, that's why you get into coaching, to see them come down here and Amen. win a game like this. And these seniors that uh, have lost so many in a row, that's what you get into coaching for, isn't it? Amen. That's it. I mean, you know, if you can't, I mean, there's a lot of things going into coaching, but the number one thing better be them kids, the number one. And I think that's what we do here at the University of Arkansas. And whenever they go out, I mean, we had a lot of guys banged up, beat up, guys, that they just kept coming. I'm sure LSU did too. I'm not taking anything away from LSU. I'm talking about our kids. And then to get in there in the locker room and see their face and how they reacted, to go on the road and do that. I mean, I, I mean, everybody got on me last time because I said it was a Super Bowl, but I can say whatever I want because that's how I feel. And, and I feel that this was a huge, huge win for our program. And if somebody doesn't think it is, well, that's fine. But I do, and that's why I'm saying it. Christina? Go Hogs. We just beat LSU on the road. Go Hogs. I feel bad. I feel bad. Really do. Two weeks in a row. We could have put them in a better position to win. They played their hearts out. Too many mistakes. Three turnovers on offense. Down in the red zone, going to score again. Any question? And right in the back, just the job that defense has done. Um, Say it again. The job that defense has done, really, throughout this season. Yeah. Tonight, too, but, I mean, the constant progression that we're seeing out of those guys. Phenomenal. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, a big shift happened in open date, and uh, we went more 3-4 look. We did some things that we thought that would help us. There's more pressure. We had some pressure. We're not, now we missed some plays tonight, but overall, I think the defense has been playing lights out. You know, the, the job that Damone Clark has been doing and, I just think the defense has play, been playing well. Um, I guess just speak to you know Micah and Demone's play tonight. They seem to really carry you guys on defense. They're playing hard. Those guys are playing hard. You know, and uh, they're giving everything they got, man. They're older guys. They want to win. They're back in there. They're hurting. And I'm hurting for them. You know, just wish we could have put them in a better position. Some guys are playing lights out football right now. Well, speaking of uh, putting off something for too long, it should have been probably done already. Let's jump on down to Gainesville, Shane, because them Gators, <laughs> Dan Bolin, as of this recording, still employed. It sounds like they're going to – they plan to keep him unless uh, he loses to Florida State. But Gators beat Sanford, not Stanford, Shane, Sanford, 70-52. <laughs> to 52, And this game was a shit show. I mean, Sanford scored, what was it, 42 points, I believe, mm -hmm. in the first half of the ball game, the most points surrendered in the history of the Swamp for a first half. And again, this is Sanford. <laughs> they, yeah. they are a losing FCS team. And if you go and watch these highlights, I, I assume everybody's seen them by now, but there was just simply no effort given on the defensive side of the ball for the Florida Gators. It almost seemed like the players were protesting the firing of Todd Grantham. I mean, <laughs> you, you promote Robinson. I, he's one of the most popular guys there in Gainesville. I mm -hmm. thought they'd play hard for him. It was the exact opposite. They no-showed for the first half. Now they did shut it down for the most part in the second half, 
But what does that say, Shane? That uh, I mean, that that gives you an idea that that's what should have been happening all along. And I know many Florida fans are you know over and done with Emory Jones, and but if not for Emory Jones, who's playing banged up, scoring six touchdowns, you would have suffered probably the most embarrassing loss in your program history. Yeah. So let's give credit to, to Emory Jones and some of these offensive players for stepping up and getting the win because uh, Sanford couldn't really slow them down for the vast majority of the game, although they did get a couple of third and fourth down stops, which <laughs> was embarrassing of its own. But, man, during this game, I'm sitting here looking at the hot boards. I'm I'm already getting damn all and fired. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what more we need to see at this point. Do you, Shane? The, the Florida Gators didn't want this to be a story at all. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't want anybody to talk about Sanford this weekend. And that's all we were talking about because it was a ball game. It was a ball game they were losing. Yes, Florida Gators ended up winning this thing. Yes, the offense did put 70 points on the board. A lot of good things did come from this game. But, golly, Mike, the Gators still get a black eye because nobody remembers the final score. They just remember you being down at half. Right. And, and that's that's one of the things is is recruiting is a momentum, man. It's it, it's it's if you're on fire, man, the kids are coming on. The, yeah, we'll sign up. Let's do this, you know. But then if you're if you look like a sinking ship, then those recruits are bouncing and they're getting out of here. And that's what scares me is now we're getting into crunch time, Mike. This is when we got all these kids on 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 the field. This is when we, you know, we're we're doing our final pitches, trying to get them to come to our university. And Florida Gators are on a they're on a downward spiral. I mean, there's no, yeah, you got to win. Who gives? Who who cares, man? This this shouldn't even have been a ball game, Mike. This defense should have never. I mean, Sanford scored fifty two points on you, man. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. I don't now, care if you don't have a defensive coordinator. You sent 11 kids out there from the Florida Gators. You should be able to stop this team. Don't, they don't even need a script. Just like, <laughs> hey, 11 best athletes, get out there and shut these guys down. They mm -hmm. would have done it. I don't understand why. The, now, on the, on the flip side, Mike, I'm not bashing these kids at all because if you did see the celebration after the game, they were in the locker room. These kids are – they're – they got the world against them right now, it, yeah. and they got. And it felt like, I don't know about you, man, but it felt like a victory this team needed. And so maybe they bounced back here in the final few weeks or something like that. But right now, as far as media, man, they're just we're dogpiling them right now. Yeah. So what happens here, Shane? If Florida turns around, and this is not going to be a given. Hell, they entered this four-game stretch, and we all said, well, they they'll beat the hell out of all these teams. Mm -hmm. They're one and one could have easily been zero and two, if they turn around and they win at Missouri, who's going to be fighting for their bowl lives. So are the Florida Gators really, and then they turn around and beat Florida State. Do you think Dan Mullen saves his job? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Dan is fired, man. I, I think the scapegoat was getting rid of your defensive coordinator, and you could say, "Hey, look, this is why. This is why we are who we are." because we had no leadership on that side. That is on mine, mm. but I'm going to correct it. So I think that's the big thing is Dan's going to have to have some significant hires in the offseason to, to, to show, you know, progression. Or I mean, this is it's a sales pitch at this point, Mike. I, I think Dan's got to get his agent in there and, and uh, you know, just tell him 
hey, we're committed to this university and this is why and this is who we're bringing in, you know. But until they see that, then yeah, hell, I don't know. Maybe Dan doesn't want to be there. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm just saying it can be fixed with a simple conversation with the athletic department and just say, hey, listen, this is what I'm doing and this is who I'm bringing and we're going to fix this. We've got talent on this roster. We've got talent that's still coming in. We're going to be fine. Don't panic. Yeah, he's just got to recapture whatever magic that he's lost because yeah. it, it just seems like he's getting out coached left and right. And it's stunning to me, Shane, because I had him firmly as a top 10 coach. Yeah, we call him the quarterback whisperer, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, it's it just not getting it done. And my biggest concern, Shane, is the recruiting, which has always been an issue. And if you're getting out coached and now you're getting out recruited, I just I don't know how you dig your, yourself out of this hole. Well, you got to do it with defense, Mike. I mean, when you think about it, they have gave up, what, 49 points, 34 points, 40 points, 52 points. That's terrible defense. Yeah. That, that's, but that's not Dan's bread and butter, man. And, and I think he held on to his buddy just a little too long. And mm-hmm. so they need to mix some things up. Especially, do like – I think Coach O was the biggest one, man. He just came out and said it. We were too predictable. So what do we do? We go out and we, we blitz the shit out of you. Who cares if, if you <laughs> have a blowout play and then you score a touchdown? Because I've got an offense. I'm confident enough with Emory and my offense that I can score points against Missouri and I can score against Missouri or, uh, Florida State. Just mm-hmm. win out, man. Just have fun. Cut this defense loose. Pin their ears back and get back there. Who, I, onside kick after you score. T- you know, just whatever you got to do just to keep your offense on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you 70 points, 700 yards, but d- does it feel like, I don't want to say like a kind of a bad performance in some ways. I mean, well, thank it, you, Trent Grimm from The Independent right there. No, but, but I mean, that's a win. I get Trent. it, Dan. I get it, Dan. But, the, but no, I, you no know, team I, had ever scored even 42 points I, in the first half of. Yeah, I don't think, I think, I think, though, you look at that. I, I don't think, uh, one, I, I don't be, they're, they're a football offensive football team, and they score points. They have some good players, so I I, I don't think uh, calling a win disappointing is disrespectful to the game, uh, no. and our players. I, I really do. You know, I'm going to pick on no, you as, as a Trent Grimm. You have to stand. Don't you have to stand up? You have to say I'm Trent Grimm from the Independent. Um, but it is, and it's uh, you know, and and not you know disrespectful to them. They're they're quarterback. I'll tell you what. I mean, he made some throws now. I mean, it, it wasn't like I, like every play there was somebody, you know, we had a couple of blown coverages. But a, a bunch of those plays, he had, there were two DBs on guys, guys all over him. He had to put the ball in about a six-inch window down the field, and he put it there. Their receivers had to go make the plays and catch it. Uh, you know, he scrambled around, made plays. They, they made plays, uh, you know. And so uh, I know it's uh, – we're, we're enjoying the win because it's hard to win. It is hard to win in the game of football. And, uh, you know, despite different and, – and when you face adversity, we face plenty of adversity and not come out on the, on the right end of it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that because that would be kind of disrespectful to our guys, their guys, and the game of football. No, it, it was a little harsh, but it does – like this team's looking for some momentum and it came out and it falls in a hole against a team. That, but we got it now. Yeah. Got some momentum finishing. Okay, so one other one, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, special teams. Yeah. The, the, the uh, kickoff, the onside the kickoff kick, for t- yeah. like that. Well, the, the onside kick disappointing, you know, and it's, again, it's guys making plays. I mean, we walked in the huddle and said they're going to onside kick right here. 
Now, they hadn't done that all year, so I didn't know if it's going to be in the middle or to the side, and I, we just told our guys, you know, I mean, you're not in a hand situation because they weren't in their onside kick team. We said, hey, we got to be ready for the surprise onside kick here. I mean, we, they, we moved guys up, be ready for the surprise onside kick. We had three guys right there. We didn't get the ball. Uh, you know, and that gets into guys making plays. We put a lot of young guys on the kickoff coverage team because I wanted to see experience. And, and you know, I think the uh, – uh, the, the kickoff return for a touchdown, obviously disappointing. Uh, but there's a lot of guys in there. And I think, you know, we kind of bottled it up, bottled it up, and we should have two guys on the outside. They got out of position. He broke free and ended up scoring. Um, so the, we'll learn from that part of it all. Well, uh, speaking of another surprise, Shane, Missouri beat South Carolina 31-28. to And this was another one where maybe it was like, well, Maybe this tells us more about the Florida Gators than it does the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks last week mm-hmm. because, you know, what was the same thing I was harping on all week? South Carolina has got to establish the run, and mm-hmm. M- Missouri, you think they'll be ru- able to run all over them. They shut that down for the vast majority of the day. The offensive line is a train wreck for the Gamecocks. Missouri was all over Jason Brown, who I thought, even though he had some turnovers here, Shane, you know, he was about the only life we had on offense mm-hmm. outside of a run here or there, but he was running for his life the entire game. Connor Bazelak ended up – he did get the start, Shane, and he looked okay. <laughs> this game started. It was literally a, a pair of turnovers. They switched turnovers on each other, and, man, it was a sloppy game. Missouri jumped out to a big lead. Tyler Beatty had another 200-yard performance. My goodness, Shane, he is outstanding. He's on his way to All-American status. Fourth 200-yard rushing performance of the season for Tyler Beatty. But then once we, you know, we lock this up, 31-14, we're going to blow out the Gamecocks. Then Mizzou has a pair of turnovers to crack the door open (laughs) for the Gamecocks. But, uh, man, this is... This has got to be uh, just just an embarrassing performance if you're a Gamecock because you had all the momentum in the world. Here was your opportunity to, to get to a bowl game. Now you got to face Auburn at home and Clemson. Mm-hmm. you got to pull an upset on one of those games to get to a bowl game, whereas Missouri now, now you're much more realistic. Your chances to get to the postseason, you just got to beat Florida or Arkansas. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts on this one, Shane? Missouri getting that big win. But, th- again, at the end of the day, Basilak kind of self-destructed there. So, I don't know yeah. how confident we are going down the stretch either for Missouri. Well, one second, Mike. I'm trying to Google and see if Marcus Satterfield is still employed. <laughs> yeah, looks like they still kept him another week, I guess. Maybe next week is his week. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Golly, Mike. I'm going to tell you right now, South Carolina offense, just when I th- – think they finally got life they got identity they come out this week and they look horrible i i, I mean i mean horrible man i don't understand there's there's not a better word that i'm sure you come out with your list remember how you do those off-season lists of the top coordinators and mm-hmm. if you did a bottoms list you gotta put this man in there right now because they are just pathetic at this point and there's no reason south carolina should have lost this game man control Beatty. Okay, it's just get. I, I guess that's easier said than done. The guy's got like 50 touches, 500 yards in this game. You know, this guy's got the ball so much, Mike. He's gonna retire before he gets to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's gonna look older in AP before he gets up there. So, but anyway, this this is just an ugly, ugly game. Both sides of the ball. I just 
I'm so discouraged. I'm so discouraged with both both teams right now. Mizzou, Mizzou started out so strong. They looked so good at times last year. I was like, man, just think about a full off season with with Eli and the crew. You know, this 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 Mizzou team's really got some. I was really impressed with with some of his offensive games last year, and it just feels like we never got it. And then South Carolina, we make excuses for them because it's a new coach. But guess what, man? There's a lot of new coaches in this league, and they're doing well. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason that South Carolina should look this damn sloppy this late in the season. No, and, you know, again, this all goes back to that running game. And and Missouri, if there's one opponent you want to get your ground game going in the SEC, it's the Missouri Tigers. They cannot stop anybody. They showed life last week against Georgia. We didn't know if that was going to be a mirage or not, but let's credit Steve Wilkes. Maybe he solved this thing. 57 rushing yards for the Gamecocks. Now, that is sack adjusted. Jason Brown minus 50 yards rushing, (laughs) but that gives you an idea of of they were all over his ass, you know, all game long. And 1.6 rush per rush, 3.3 if you take out the sack. Still, 3.3 is terrible. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, the steel curtain of Mizzou, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what they looked like, didn't they? I know. My high school team could put points on them, boys. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So either they found a defense, Mike, or guess what? Our offense didn't adjust or didn't watch game film or didn't just came into this thinking that they could just do what they did last week. Come on, man. Van ain't going to run around there and, and paint pictures in the end zone every week. You've got to be productive. You've got to be – I mean, there was just no counter for anything this entire game. Right, and now you're in a real, real dangerous territory. If you're the Gamecock, shame, because if you don't make that bowl, you miss out on those crucial, crucial practice, which is what you need. But, hell, maybe that gives you time to – to go out there and scout you a coordinator or new offensive mm-hmm. line coach. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, great team win for us. Always good to uh, keep the Mayor's Cup where it belongs in the city of Columbia. You like that? Could have gone to either Columbia. Um, but really good to have it right here. Um, Questions? Eli, why was your rush defense so good? What's happened with your rush defense? I think our linebackers are playing downhill and fitting gaps really well. I think we're being more structurally sound with how we play the running back. Uh, Run game and keeping contained and leverage, and I think we're tackling better. I felt like we we're going to need the quarterback run, um, and Connor was just not uh, wasn't moving the way I wanted him to. And that last pick, just um, you know, we needed somebody who could be able to be a threat with his legs. And after that last holding call or whatever it was, uh, it was a nice job. But Brady getting us back in a position to 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 get a manageable third down. Cut your smile big time as you came off the field. What, what are you happiest about with this win? A win. A win. I mean, they're hard to get in the SEC, especially when you don't play particularly well in the fourth quarter offensively and have two turnovers. So to find a way to, to gut it out to, for Tyler Beatty again, just like the Vanderbilt game, just like the Central Michigan game, uh, to, to find a way to, to eat up the clock and rush the ball the way he did was just – that was a big one for us. Mike wins. How much of a carrot is full it's the whole goal right now. It's the whole goal. We got seniors that that deserve an opportunity to go, and we're going to have to all rally together and find a way to play better and, and get better this week in order to do that. Hey, Shane, uh, just the offensive line's problems. It seemed like they really just couldn't get on the same page. Missouri was sending a lot of free rushers at times. What was the the main issue there tonight? Uh, it was a host of things. Um, you know, sometimes when you're in a 
five man protection and they bring six, we got to get rid of the ball. Uh, there were certainly some times where we had some couple of communication issues and turn some guys free that shouldn't happen or that, that we shouldn't have. And, and frankly, that shouldn't happen in the uh, 10th game of the season. So really, really disappointing uh, overall uh, on that stamp from that standpoint to, to have that, you know, Missouri, uh, I told you guys, they, they played better defensively last week against Georgia against the run. And, um, you know, you know what you're going to get with them. They, they line up in, in man coverage and, and um, that's what they do and give them credit. They did a good job. We, we hit some plays on them in the passing game. We had some guys open in the, um, in the passing game that we weren't able to get the ball to, but you know, we didn't, we didn't play well enough and, and we certainly didn't coach well enough tonight. Hey Shane, um, your three running backs carried it 30 times considering what Missouri uh, had been doing against the run all season. I know you said they looked better against Georgia. Do you think you attacked them with the run? enough throughout the entire game well we ran the ball let me see we ran yeah i mean what do we have um total plays 65 plays and we handed it to the running backs uh almost half the time and certainly we got into a position at the end where the tempo was we had to crank up the tempo a little bit to to um um to get you know points with the time becoming an issue for sure but yeah i do feel i mean uh we had 65 plays i know they had some struggles against the run and again i told you guys i mean a lot of that got skewed a little bit against tennessee early in the season tennessee ran for 400 yards or whatever it was um they're they're better against the run georgia couldn't run the ball last week against them in the first half um uh we should have been able to run the ball better than what we did tonight uh, and we didn't, and that's certainly, you know, disappointing. But, uh, you know, we tried some different schemes and, and tried to mix it up a little bit as well. But um, uh, it wasn't good enough. But, yeah, I, I certainly feel like we tried to attack them with the running game. I mean, we got in there and got multiple tight end sets and ran the power play, ran the counter, counter play, ran inside zone, ran outside zone, ran all the stuff that we did uh, last week against Florida. And obviously it looked a lot better last week than what it did tonight. All right, Shane, another SEC East game here. Kentucky goes on the road, beats Vanderbilt 34-17. My lock of the week comes through, Shane. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, man, Kentucky was dominant, 31-3 to at halftime. I mean, they were blowing the doors off Vanderbilt. Yeah. And what really happened, they took their foot off the gas. I was thinking the return of Ken Seals, he give us some offense, Shane. He, he threw a pick six instead and, and killed the Commodores. Uh, Chris Rodriguez had himself a field day. Wondell Robinson, Will Levis, they all look like all-stars in this game. And thank God for Mike Wright, who got inserted in the second half, gave the Commodores some life. And Clark Lee, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but you're going for two on every touchdown you score, even when you're down 30 points. I loved it because I needed those points for the spread here, Shane. But and this was uh, – Look like Vanderbilt's last opportunity. Of course, they'll they still play the balls, but this looked like their last mm-hmm. opportunity to get a conference win. And man, they didn't never, never even in doubt this one that uh, Kentucky was going to win it. And and credit Kentucky, Shane. This is the first time ever since the SEC split into divisions that the Wildcats have secured number two sole possession. Number two, they've locked up that position. So there's a little moral victory for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, undefeated when it comes to moral victories, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. That's my Tennessee balls. You know that. <laughs> Did I tell you we were up on Bama and Georgia? Yeah, come on. Put it in the record books, Mike. <laughs> oh, you know, the, the, the thing about this game, I w- there was a little worry. We were both worried, Mike. We were worried that, that, that Kentucky would come in this thing a little hungover and they wouldn't perform. And what did they do, Mike? They come out, they score on their first drive. They score on their second drive. Interception for a touchdown. Score on their next drive. Field goal, mm-hmm. score again. You know, they just came out. Short of the interception there at the very end, man, they came out with their foot on the gas, and that's what we expect with Mark Stoops' boys. And they got to work, man. The problem was they took the foot off the gas. And this shows you, if, if anybody should watch game film this week, it should be all the other teams except for Auburn. They should all watch that game and just realize that at any moment, just when you think the momentum's on your side, just when you think you can't lose, if you screw up enough, any team in this league can get back into it. And there was a there was a little time, there's a couple times, Mike, in that second half, I was like, uh-oh, what do we got here? You know, especially after that second touchdown Vanderbilt put up. But Kentucky did what Kentucky does best. They relied on that running game. They kept the chains moving. And uh, – you know, it was just it was it was a no brainer. But I, I'm not gonna say it. it got a little dicey there in the second half. But Kentucky <laughs> did what what they were supposed to, do, and that was get the victory. And then last one here, just real quick, Shane, Alabama 59 to three over New Mexico State. And I texted you when New Mexico State jumped out to that 3-0 <laughs> lead. I even tweeted about it. Upset special. And then I, Alabama scored 59 points to close it out. And Bryce Young, I mean, he's looking like – it was almost like NCAA, Shane, when you bump it down to freshmen like uh, Cousin Jonathan used to always do. Yeah. 21-23, Tw- to 23, 270 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he's looking about as good as Will Rogers out there. But, <laughs> again, the competition, you know, this thing was uh, – basically half the, half the team got to sit at halftime. Not a whole well, lot of takeaways from this one. For me, how about you? Is there – what about injuries, Mike? Uh, I mean, that was the my biggest concern is that we didn't have we did have a couple of bumps and bruises, and you hate to see that against you know a team like this. But have you heard anything? Is there anybody missing multiple weeks here? Because some of them look pretty serious. Mm. Yeah, I actually don't have any information on that yet, Shane. Definitely will have to keep uh, the fans listed. But you know that could be key, like you said, because if you look, you want to look at schedules the last two weeks of the season. Alabama's got one of the toughest with Arkansas and Auburn mm-hmm. to close this thing out. And I know they've just beat the hell out of New Mexico State, but that's what they were supposed to do. If you mm-hmm. don't bring your A game against your next two opponents, I mean, we're talking upset special here. Uh, if the yeah. Al- Alabama that had been, we have been seeing the last couple of weeks, you know, not exactly playing their A game like they did on Saturday. So that will be kind of the storyline moving forward, I think, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, got to keep them boys safe. Uh, put them, I was looking for that bubble wrap on the sideline, Mike. We just need them to stay healthy for the SEC championship. But they've got, like you said, they got a couple games, a couple of sneaky games, Arkansas, Auburn. You just never know what you're going to get with either one of those. And Alabama does show – they did show they're human. Now, mm-hmm. granted, they look like a damn robot when they were going against New Mexico. <laughs> it was so funny because you sent that, that uh, text to me. Uh, about the possible upset, and it was 3 nothing. And I was like, oh. And then I was watching the other games. I was best. I said, I better check in on this Alabama. I was recording it, but I wanted to check in, and it was like 42-3. Like, I was like, damn, I, I go away for 10 minutes, and they got five scores up there. So, 
But it was a, a hell of a game. Got to finish watching it. And like you said, it was a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Hey, last thing before we hop off the line. We got us some point spreads. No. All right, I'm going to give you a couple of these, Shane, because this uh, next to last weekend here in the regular season, not a ton of great games. I'm going to be honest with you. But how about this one, Shane? South Alabama at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 27. Ooh, bowl bid, baby. That's our bowl game, baby. Now, New Mexico State, man, they must love playing SEC teams. <laughs> at Kentucky, Kentucky favored by 36. Oh, no respect for them, New Mexico State. <laughs> what are they, the Lobos? No, that's not the Lobos. Is that no, the Lobos? No, they're the Aggies. Aggie. Oh, that's right. That's it was a tough Aggies. weekend for the Aggies. UL an awkward logo. <laughs> Have you seen their logo? Isn't it a guy shooting like a... pistols? <laughs> yeah, on, on the ESP. Okay, never mind. Just never mind. All right, go ahead. UL Monroe at LSU. Tigers mm-hmm. favored by 28 points. Mm-hmm. Now, here, mm-hmm. here's the SEC matchup, Shane. I want you to guess these ones. Florida at Missouri. What do you got for that one? <sighs> Mike, uh, Florida at Missouri. Give me Florida. God, not by much. Eight? Minus eight? Minus ten. You were close. Okay. How about this? Auburn at South Carolina. What do you got for that? Auburn at South Carolina. I still think we're going to give Auburn the the nod here. Let's go Auburn minus seven and a half. Ten. It's ten. Okay. But that is quickly – that has come down quickly to seven, I think. Yeah, is it did that change after uh, Bose news? Because that Bose news just got out. Just yeah, got I, that's probably what uh, that okay. affected the line there. Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. Vandy at Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss minus twenty four. Thirty four. No respect for them Vandys. And then last but not least, this is probably going to be the the game of the week here in the SEC. Shane Arkansas. At Alabama. Oh, Alabama minus 13. Minus 22. Damn. All right. But that has already, they don't that care has about already, that golden boot, do they? <laughs> <laughs> That's already been bet down to 20. So, hey, the, oh, okay. early, the early money's on them hogs. Hey, and if this is a wake-up call you need, get that early money in because if you don't, you'll end up losing your lock of the week. <laughs> exactly. Well, brother, we've only got a couple of these weeks left to savor, so make sure that you enjoy each and every one of them. Uh, the betting season's coming to an end, college football. The best is yet to come, though, with this, the coaching change and the carousel and recruiting. I mean, we got a lot to talk about in the weeks ahead, but just want to you know, make that note, man, week 12, Right around the corner. Saver is not the greatest lineup of games, but we got to savor them, Shane, because we only got so many right. left. You know what? Absolutely, man. And I'm just looking. There's four teams in the East with five wins. So, I mean, all these guys are still trying to get a bowl. So, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot on the line, and that's what we like here toward the tail end of the season is that every game matters, man. So, just because you've had it marked as a victory, easy victory your your whole season, you never know what's going to happen on Saturday, man. Right, and it could be the difference between spending your bowl in Birmingham or Memphis mm-hmm. and spending it on them 
shores of Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm ready, man. I'm ready. There's not a bad game Saturday, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you joining me. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Or as Gary says, go dogs. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,